we're live. We are live. Welcome, everybody, to the third episode of ADV Podcasts, and we've got an interesting one for you today. Today is called China is the Center of the Universe, and we're going to break that down a little bit. But uh, I believe DM actually has some messages for y'all. Hey, what's good, everyone? So this is my uh, state of the podcast address, my fireside chat, if you will. Um, so as of today, June 6th, this podcast is on Spotify, it's on Spreaker, uh, iTunes, and Google Podcasts are incoming. It, it just takes a while to get approved. Uh, iHeartRadio as well, it's going to go up. We're on CastBox. Uh, yeah, so we're basically looking at getting onto every possible spot podcast platform there is. So hit it up. And with that, back to you guys. Also, shout out to my boy Matt. Turns out uh, I had an old hometown friend that I told to check out the show. Turns out he was already a fan of the show and he just didn't recognize who I was. That's cool. That was pretty hilarious. Cool. Nice. Sweet. Well, shall we just dive into what's new? Yeah, let's go into a what's new. And as you know, what's new is our segment when we talk about kind of interesting things that are going on in China, etc. Sure. And we have a little clip we're going to show you. So, DM, let's hit that little clip. Uh, and if you take note of the date at the top of this clip, 2019-601, very recent. Now watch what happens. Pia, pia. Yeah. Whoa, Oops. that must have really scared the guy. So what happened there, Seamilk? So we're looking at a clip of some dudes that are just messing around, punching each other, broing around a little bit. Like, douche, douche. Well, the one guy's like showing the other guy how to yeah. do kung fu. Yeah. So he ends up doing kung fu, and ironically, the entire elevator collapses. Yeah, it just explodes in front of him. It looks like he caused that. Yeah, obviously he didn't. No. <laughs> I mean, unless he was like super, super good at kung fu. But yeah. uh, what we can see from this clip is something that happens so often. The fact that this is caught on camera, we can see how this happens like really, really often. We have a couple stories about that. Yeah. Um, I but, believe there was a woman in Shenzhen. Do you mm -hmm. know about that one? Who got cut in half? Yeah. Not only one, it's happened more than once. Right. Right. Um, unfortunately, elevator safety and escalator safety are a big problem in China, and you can read up a, you can read up on it in the mm. news in China a lot, where people get killed by escalators and elevators, mm -hmm. and this basically comes down to the culture of maintenance. Right. 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 Can I tell my personal yeah. story? Yeah. So in the in the brand new building that I had moved into in Huizhou, uh, it was probably about three months in where the elevator collapsed with a family inside of it. Thankfully, it only collapsed from the second floor, um, but that could have been me and my family, you know? And what happens is basically they have to go around. They do have safety standards. Yes. You have to go around and they have to inspect the lift, the cables, the mechanisms, everything, the tracks, mm -hmm. and it has to check out and then they have to stamp it and then put a metal plate up basically. Right, right, right. right. So what happens is these building management companies will just pay off a little bit of money and be like, okay, just give me the plate, basically. It's sure. not like getting, paying to get your car inspected when you really didn't, right? True. And it causes a lot of damage and a lot of deaths in China, unfortunately. This one was a nice, nice little uh, lighthearted version of that. Hopefully there's no one inside. Yeah, I hope there's no one inside that. But yeah, uh, escalators as well, right? Well, you know, for me, actually, the, the whole thing about being in an elevator, mm -hmm. going up and down, about three times during my, in fact, it was three times in China, I had very hard stopping things happen where it fell a couple of flights before the emergency right. brakes kicked in. Right. It's quite common. Sure. It's actually quite common. And it is, like you said, because what they're not doing is they're not actually inspecting. Right. Right. Um, and they're just paying someone off and, you know, oh, we got a little, you know, whatever you call it, certificate, put it up on the wall. Um, they do inspect them, of course. Mm -hmm. It does happen. Mm -hmm. 
but especially in a smaller city, yeah, a third smaller tier area, they're not going to because it's too expensive or it's too time consuming to get someone to come and do it. So they right. just kind of put the little certificate up there. Sure, well, yeah, yeah. save a lot of money on amusement parks. You just go <laughs> into any apartment building. Uh, escalators too, though. Yeah, and there are tons, people. Yeah, tons where people just get chewed up by them so it's terrible but there's also a lack of public awareness mm-hmm. and public safety awareness you see people clowning around and jumping around they let their kids play on these things in you know very unsafe ways sure and so you know it's it's a bit of the public it's a bit of the you know management well that's super depressing so i'm going to uplift everyone with a very very funny little quip okay um, so this is something that ha- my mother-in-law did in america okay, okay. this is right before she left so she was trying, before she went back to China, she was trying to stock up on stuff. Right. She wanted to bring stuff back to China that you can't really get. And we've talked about this a lot. Mm. Supermarkets, what are you looking at? <laughs> Colorado, and my name's Daniel. <laughs> okay. Why, why on earth do we have a... Anyway, I don't know. Anyway, uh, there's actually a mother-in-law story about that guy. But anyway. Okay. Yeah, okay. So she wanted to go to Costco, because that's where all the Chinese people yeah. love to flock to. She's going to stock up on all these bulk things she can bring back to China. Costco's to get, awesome. Right? Yeah. She thought it would be a good idea to buy cheese, right? Which is kind of gross. I don't think you can bring cheese back to China and have it not spoil on the way. Yeah. Especially goat cheese. She oh. was going ape about goat cheese, right? Yeah. Well, it's good so, to you. Yeah. So Vivi's leading her to the goat cheese area, the aisle. And she's like, I don't want the female goat cheese. We have to get the male goat cheese. I heard about this on my trip to New Zealand. The male goat cheese is the best. <laughs> okay. You have to use the male milk from the goat. And Vivi's like, Mom. <laughs> where does milk come from and her mom's like yeah. from the animal and she's like so where do you think the male milk from the goat is going to come from yeah and she's like oh you're right and her dad is just pissing himself laughing yeah, it's pretty <laughs> i thought funny. that was quite yeah, funny. No, it's, male it's milk. Super, super super funny yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> cool all right so are we going to move on to our next segment? we can move on okay so next segment is of course our main segment which is soft power hour sure i actually wanted to say something first okay, okay. We're going to do something um, that allows a little bit more integration with the people that are sending Super Chats. Yes. So after each segment, we're actually going to have DM read one of those Super Chats, and then we'll also answer the bulk of them at the end. So DM, why don't you hit us with a Super Chat? Alrighty. So our boy Donghua Reviews asked, did you notice foreigners getting banned from Weibo Billy Billy? Um, well, we kind of passively have been. Why don't you talk about that, actually? It's pretty interesting. Uh, yes. Basically, uh, there are a couple of ways that they've been banning people. Now, if you want to have a Weibo account, you need to have, first of all, a Chinese phone number, Mm -hmm. okay, Uh, or some kind of way to basically verify, at least when I opened my Weibo account way back in the day. Um, They then sent me a bunch of messages wanting me to re-verify, you know, my phone number, my this and my that, but by that time I changed my phone number and I couldn't, so I got locked out of my own account. Right. Recently, though, any kind of... And this has always been like this. If you're a high-profile foreigner on Chinese social media, you cannot do it by yourself. You need no. a Chinese manager. Yeah. Um, and basically, if you're over a certain level, all of your content has to be first passed through the censorship mm-hmm. board and stuff before it can get put up there. Right. So it's it's quite controlled. It's quite right. difficult. Um, I would say the majority of foreigners that are on Chinese social media aren't going to be doing anything edgy no. anyway. They're going to do a lot of shill material. Yeah, like, oh, these dumplings are great. Anyway. Yeah, so it's basically that kind of concept. Um, I would say not really cracking down on foreigners because of the nature of the content. 
Yeah, absolutely. But our content's getting banned. People are stealing it and they can't upload it to those sites anymore because we're too controversial. I mean, we, we kind of explained that in our yeah. last podcast, yeah. what we've been doing to basically prevent our content from going up onto Chinese social media. And it's working very well. It is. Yeah. It is. Cool. Thank you very much, Dan. Yeah. Um, so pod uh, for the first Soft segment, power, Soft Power. Yeah. I almost said podcast. Yeah. For this podcast. Well, let's get up on, on the pictures and let's yeah, show the it. first one. Okay. You can so, go into this. You have a lot of expertise on this one. Well, th this is something I covered very recently about the Chinese students that study overseas not integrating. Right. This is the one of the main articles that I referenced. And we're talking today about how China believes and Chinese people believe that China is the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you could say that about Americans too, sure, sure. or, you know, Russians or whoever. But we're you know. talking about literally. Yes, but we're talking quite, quite literally here. Um, and it applies to those who've left China mm -hmm. as well. And mm -hmm. it's embedded in the language and the culture. Yes, we're going to get so, into that. Yeah. But let's just talk about what happened to this lady over here Okay. and why it's so significant. She is, a well, a student president, okay, okay. in Canada, yeah. right? It was in Toronto, she, right? Yeah, she got voted in as a student president. The reason she got voted in is a lot of Chinese people voted her in because she was Chinese. Okay. They didn't realize that she was pro-Tibetan or that mm. she was actually a Tibetan in exile. Oh. Okay, so it was all about ethnocentrism. They were like, we want a Chinese, you know, student president. So right. all the Chinese got together and they're like, well, we've got this whitey, we've got this you know, brown dude, we got this yellow dude, we got this and this and this. Oh, here's a Chinese person, so we're going to vote her in. Sure. So they all voted her in based on, you know, her her race. Sure. Okay. Or national, well, perceived nationality. And then when they found out that she was pro-Tibetan, they went mad. They were like, we, we don't want her to represent us. And so they made these massive petitions to try and get her kicked out. Harassment campaigns. As you and I both know how these harassment campaigns work because they've been doing it to us now for, for ages, right? Um, a quick shout out, by the way, not a shout out, a warning, <laughs> by the way. Um, if you're getting racist, horrible messages in the comment sections of any videos that from a person that has my name and looks like me, it's not me. This is one of the tactics they use is they use your picture and your sure. name. It's happened to us multiple yeah. times. And they'll go out and try to defame you or discredit right. you by spreading crap. So just to let you guys know, that's definitely We both have tick me. marks next to our name because yeah. we're verified. Yeah. So that's an easy way to check. Also, my, my name is Serpent Zade, not, right. not my not real yeah. name, Winston right. Sturzel, which right. they use. Just so you know. Anyway, so she started to get like death threats and harassments. And, you know, okay. the Canadian police actually even started to investigate these. Is her family still in China? Um, no, she grew up in India, oh, I believe. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because gotcha. Tibetan separatists. Right, 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 you know? right. Anyway, the fact of the matter is she got voted in because she was Chinese. And then she got pretty much ousted out because she's pro-Tibetan. That's yeah. really interesting. Yes. Anyway, that's not the point of this. We have to now examine the the language and stuff. But can we just go to the next picture just to give you an idea of some of the uh, threats that she was getting? Um, you know. So I, let me yeah. have a look at this. Free Tibet is so ridiculous. Tibet is belong to China, no doubt. I've been there before and has good friend from Tibet, Xi Zhang Shi Zhongguoda. Yeah, Xi Zhang Shi Zhongguoda. That means Tibet is China. So mm. yeah, I mean, like without even bringing Tibet independence or anything mm. into this, because I'm not super well versed on that. Yeah. You have to understand that um, the provinces of China are predominantly Han. Yes. Therefore, they dominate politics and everything like this. But they have autonomous regions, and Tibet is one of them. Correct. 
unfortunately, I would say well over 50% of people in Tibet don't consider themselves Chinese, right? Mm -hmm. So you have all the, the Han people are absolutely, this is ours, we own this, you know, mm -hmm. and there's actually no autonomy in these no, provinces. No, no, not at all. Whatsoever. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, just, just to give you an idea of the kind of uh, stuff that started to happen to her, and it's an ongoing thing, and who knows, you know, these guys are relentless, and they're pretty pretty nasty people. I just, I guess, mm. not to keep harping on about this, but I find it a little bit strange and uh, insulting that this would happen in a, in a country that promotes free speech, mm. right? So the bullying can happen within the, the confines of a Western nation with freedom of speech. Well, it can only happen there, because right, it can't right. happen in China. You That's, give me an example. Well, I mean, it's just not possible. If you wanted to uh, talk about Tibet at all in China, sure. you can't. Right. Because the word Tibet is censored, mm. you know. If you go into, you know, these public forums and you try to say anything, it gets completely, you know, washed out and blocked. So mm -hmm. you only have this option in countries like Canada. Right. Yeah, it's kind right. of annoying. Okay. You know, it, I was just going to jump in here. It also reminds me of with the Dalai Lama. Because, like, especially here in the U.S., there's a lot of people who are, like, super spiritualist and stuff. They have the Tibetan prayer flags. Mm -hmm. And so they always want, if a spiritual leader comes out in support of their views, mm -hmm. it gives it legitimacy in their eyes. So, like, for the Pope, for example, people are like, oh, the Pope agrees with my policy, so that means it's good, right? Sure. And so the Dalai Lama has, like, never, well, he's come out and said things, but it's usually not the kind of things they want to hear. Right. Like, he said, he came out and was saying... He was like against uh, open immigration because he's like, uh, you know, all these Chinese people coming to Tibet is is washing out our culture and we're being like ethnically replaced. And so people were saying like, what Dalai Lama, how could you say that? Right. And then the same thing, uh, like last week we touched on uh, Taiwan legalizing gay marriage. Right. And the Dalai Lama came out and said uh, like homosexuality is against the precepts of, of Buddhism. And then all these people are like, Dalai Lama, stop saying that. <laughs> like, so on the, like, all these people who wanted to associate with him suddenly are like having to disavow right. the Dalai Lama, which I find very interesting. And then in China, they have like a, a kind of, well, not impost, they have like a state-sponsored yeah. Dalai Lama, right? Yeah. And then yeah. the current one, or the one that we all know as the Dalai Lama is like in exile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. correct. Right. Cool. Well, anyway, the, the Dalai Lama thing is, it's incredibly touchy for China. Yeah. And that's why whenever the Dalai Lama goes to visit countries and associations and schools and universities, there will be massive pressure from the Chinese consulates and the Chinese government to stop that. Yeah. And they'll be like, if you do this, this will damage the relationship between China this will hurt and China's feel, yeah, Chinese people's yeah, feelings. It's going to, like, for instance, they'll say to America, if you let the Dalai Lama visit then, you know, our relationship's going to deteriorate, it's going to right. damage our relationships, you know, you're, you're supporting a right. separatist, this and that. So it's a real Dalai Lemma. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, um, we're, we're not trying to be a political channel here, but we have to point out what's going on. And unfortunately, sure. this is politics that we've delved into, and we mm. can't really dig ourselves out. We just have to say what it is, sure. you know. Um, anyway, let's move on to the next picture, which is actually a couple of Chinese words. I want to say the first one. Okay. Because <laughs> this annoys the crap out of me. Okay. I made a video about this. Let's look at it. Why Guoren? Okay. Okay. Let's just break it down. Why mm -hmm. means outside. Yeah. Guo means country. Ren mm -hmm. means person. Mm -hmm. So outside country person. Right. It's a foreigner. Now, I made a video a while back when we, we did our quest for the best uh, Chinese and we came to uh, you know the west coast of China. We were going up and down and like whenever we went to these Chinese areas, 
and we were filming or whatever. I in LA, right? Yeah, in LA yeah. And, and so on. We would hear Chinese people in Chinese say, hey, look at these foreigners filming, you know, right. these Waiguaran. <laughs> and I was like, okay, look, I'm not American. That's, that's true, but you are, mm. okay? And they were calling you a foreigner in right. your own country. Right. And a lot of people were like, oh, that's just the word for it. You know, right. that's just, just what we say. We just say uh, Waiguaran doesn't actually mean anything. It just means, you know, a different kind of a person. But that's BS because... Japanese people, they call Ruben Rin. Uh, Korean people, they call Hangwaren. Mm. You know, um, Russian people, Ulosada. Mm. They have words for each different country. Right. But when it or comes at least to, area. Yeah, yeah. But um, when it comes to sort of white people in general, they just say foreigner. Mm. Like, why Guarin? Mm-hmm. I don't know why they can't call us Europeans or right. call us Americans or whatever, but it's, it's such an alienating word. Right. I don't think people understand the power behind a word like that because uh-huh. it immediately cuts you out. It means sure. you are not a part of a country. You are something foreign. You are something that can never be there. So, you know, it's it irks me a lot in China as I walk around, little kids pointing and saying, why Guoren, why Guoren all the time. But it irks me even more that in my own country, in South Africa or here in America, immigrants and tourists and you know from china are still pointing at me and calling me a foreigner and calling you a foreigner it's so insulting and so alienating i guess i got so used to it because of 10 years of hearing it every single day literally you can't escape it right and there's other words for it but yeah i do feel that it's very exclusive right it's Mm. definitely like you're never going to be part of us you're always going to be a foreigner right yeah, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't want to. I don't want to harp on it and feel like we're like butthurt about it. But it's. it's I'm butthurt about it. Okay, it's a little. It's just a little insulting in in a person's native country to be called a foreigner. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm gonna go through some of the other words here. Okay. So this is a Chinese lesson for you guys. So Wai Guan is the most PC neutral. Yeah. Way yeah. to say foreigner in Chinese, but Lao Wai is more of a colloquial term, mm. and that's actually my channel, Lao Wai eighty six. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason I called it that was because I was answering people's questions. It's playing yeah, words, yeah, like right? Why, yeah. Lao Wai, but it's uh, it's a little rude, especially if you if you use it in a negative context, right? It's like if you say "take a tamada Lao Wai," right? Something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Lao Wai is a little bit more abrasive. Well, break it down. What does it break, mean? If you break it down, the first character Lao means um, old. Yeah, right? old for a long time. And you see the same character Wai, which also means outside. So it yeah, means yeah. like old outsider. Some yeah. people use it in like a kind of loving, cute way. They're like, oh, the old, the old foreigner. I always say Lao Nei. Lao Nei. You know, which <laughs> means old, old inner. In, inner yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. The, the, the last two are some controversial ones. Uh, sure. Gui Lao and Yang Guizhi. So Gui Lao means uh, an old ghost. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I would say, a racially motivated word that people use. Yeah, and like in Cantonese, guai lao. Yeah, guai lao, yeah. Yeah, you hear that. And then guai lao. yang guizhi means uh, ocean ghost. Yeah, basically foreign devil. Foreign devil, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they said like the ocean ghost came from the ocean on their ships, right? Sure, and they sure. invaded China and stuff. So if you hear those, you'll kind of understand it. It might be kind of fun for you guys when you're at the Chinese restaurant or whatever yeah. in the U.S. or Canada and you hear one of these, you can, you can call it this, out. This guai thing, they use it... In a very insulting way. Yeah, yeah. For instance, they'll call Japanese people Sha Rubin Goizu. Right. It means little, little Japanese ghosts. Right. You know, they call black people Hei Gui. Mm. You hear that a lot. Black and, ghost. Yeah, which is it's awful. I'm That's walking like with my black yeah. friends in Guangzhou, wherever, and you Who speak hear great it. Chinese. Yeah, yeah. And you hear that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like a Hei Gui Hao Tou, you know, right, that kind of thing. Right. It's like, really? Dude, did you just say that? You know, we all understand you. Right. But yes, um, we're getting back to this whole thing about this separatist idea. That's why mm. we're saying China's the center, and that's why we're going to go into the next one, which is Zhongguo. Okay, Zhong means middle. Mm-hmm. Guo means country or, or kingdom, kingdom. So yeah. middle kingdom, right? Mm. And 
when Chinese people talk, and I'm going to bring in a little incident that happened with your father-in-law the other day. Okay. Um, they always speak in forms of inside China and outside China. Right. It's like it's it's either in the Guo middle Wai kingdom. Or Guo yes. Uh, so, you know, you had blinds in, in your, you know, we were temporarily renting that apartment right, near, near right, LA right. where they came right. to visit. And so they're blinds, you know, how blinds yeah. work, you kind of pull them up and then to lower them, you have to like pull the little string to the side and then right. slowly lower it. And they couldn't figure this out. Right. Don't blame them. I mean, huh. like if you have never done that before. Sure. So I had to go over and help him out because you were busy out of town. Right. So I go over there and I showed it to him and I said, okay, this is how you do it. You pull it up and then you Put it, to, it took a while eventually he got and he's like woman yeah woman the guane male to you know he was like saying in in the country our blinds are different the country yeah in the mm. country guane <laughs> i was like first of all that's a bunch of bollocks because you right. know i had the same blinds in my sure. in my chinese apartment sure. but it was just like oh your foreign junk is different and confusing our in-country stuff is not the same and right. it just shows that mentality of guane and guawai right you right, know, which for sure, I thought was a good good example. Yeah, and, I, and when we were in China, we wouldn't say we would say, "Oh, it's not like that in America, in yeah. South Africa." You wouldn't be like in the country, you yes, know? in the country. We it's do kind it of like way. belittling, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, 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 and you like the characters you pointed out, mm. Middle Kingdom, right? Yeah, and it's traditionally through all the dynasties how China's seen itself, right? Yeah, yeah. it's the center of the universe. Everyone else is weird and different. Yeah, this is our kingdom, and we're in the middle of the globe, right? Yeah, and you know, like I, you had an analogy earlier about like um, America might see itself like that. It's mm. absolutely true. I mean, like a lot of countries do believe they're more important than other ones. Yeah, and the difference is, is that America is made up of an absolute crap ton of different people, races, countries, all this kind of stuff that have their own identity. Yeah. So yeah, you can have American nationalism and stuff like that, but it's in the language, in the culture, in the tradition, in the ethnic makeup of China that makes it very different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it is, it's just so homogenous and everyone's sure. the same. So they look at people differently. The, I think a big difference though is uh, it doesn't matter where you're from. Mm. You acknowledge that different parts of the world are different sure. from each other. Yeah. You know, you'll say, oh, the, a French person is like this. And right. An Italian person is right. like that. A, you know, South you know, African person is like that. But you know, in China, it's just like a foreigner. Everyone's just a foreigner. You know, my favorite, one of my mm -hmm. favorite little uh, euphemisms that they'll say is Shitan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shitsan means uh, Western food. Yeah. So it can have pizza. It can have hamburgers. It can have freaking Moroccan food. It can Russian <laughs> borscht. Russian borscht. All yeah. those will be on the same menu. Yeah. And they just say, that's Niemen Shifang Thai. My father-in-law does this all the time. He's like, well, your Western food is not really to our likings. I'm like, have you had every country's food? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because he doesn't like pizza or something. Right, yeah. right. But yeah, that's absolutely. all... Western food, yeah, right? yeah. but Chinese, but you know what he said? What? He goes, not to, I love my father-in-law, yeah, but, but you know, these, these are little quibbles we have. He goes, I was watching this uh, documentary in China and they came to the conclusion that Chinese food is the most diverse and complicated in the entire world because of all the differences. But your Western food is like all the same. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even argue. I was like, yeah, Chinese food is very diverse and whatever, but like, how can you compare Italian food with like, French cuisine. French cuisine or like German food or Scandinavian Brazilian pairing. food. Yeah, Brazilian food. Come on. Yeah, it's all, anyway. yeah, it's all very different. It is kind of funny, though, because um, as the stereotypes kind of filter around China, everyone starts to believe them. So right. we've, we've traveled a lot through China. Yeah. And pretty much everywhere you go, they tell you 
what you like. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Westerners yeah. only like to eat hamburgers. Yeah, exactly. You I Westerners think I've heard that more than anything. Yeah, ever. exactly. You Westerners like hamburgers <laughs> and pizza. And we're like, well, oh, yeah, I mean, I do. Sure, I yeah. Really. I'm you not know, offended. So it's just... It's like, you, you you Chinese like rice, right? Right. <laughs> it's like, just well, bit... our Chinese food is very diverse. Yeah, not yeah. like your humbug. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's move on to the next little slide here. Ooh, ooh, that's a spicy one. Yes. Um, not only will this prevent this from being uploaded <laughs> to China, um, we we do have to acknowledge it's sure. it's you know we have to acknowledge that the uh, anniversary of the Tiananmen Square incident slash massacre slash whatever happened. Uh, was it two days ago? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely terrible uh, atrocity in history. And in fact, if you tune in tomorrow to my channel, you will find out why I think that the Tiananmen Square um, event is very similar to apartheid in sure. South Africa. And that might sound crazy, but please stick around. We're going to be talking about that, at least in my channel tomorrow and your next video. Tomorrow. Yeah, my Wednesday video is actually going to cover, uh, it's actually the first time that the Chinese government has acknowledged its existence. And that's why I thought it was I could comfortably talk yeah. about it. But the way that they covered it is is flabbergasting. So tune yeah. in for my Wednesday yeah. video. You know, this is a tough, uh, a tough thing to cover and the fact that we're even going to talk about it has made us basically step over a line yeah. and I've got to say which I do do mention in my video that I, it's already filmed you'll see it on Friday mm -hmm. but I do mention this I just want to mention it again though the reason why uh, we've never talked about this before at least from my point of view has been from a, a very selfish point of view mm -hmm. and that's because I w did not want my uh, lifestyle in China to end to mm -hmm. come to an end especially as a younger man mm -hmm. having fun enjoying life because China is a hell of a blast it's an adventure I absolutely love it you know just drinking having fun with your friends messing around the beautiful girls this and that you know you don't want it to end right and you know that if you talk about this or anything politically sensitive at all even just mentioning it means that your visa will probably not be renewed right you'll be deported you'll be detained etc etc so but we're we're in our 30s now we feel responsible to talk about it yeah at least. done done with all the nonsense and uh, i yeah. think it's something that needs to be talked about I agree. anyway let's save that for tomorrow's video and next week's video so yep. let's move on to the next slide cool fedex so what happened with fedex is that there are two packages that were bound for china rerouted from japan, from japan mm. rerouted and ended up um in america mm. china made a hoo-ha about it and now there's rumors that fedex will be banned as an entire entity in china oh uh, yeah i mean um, probably a reason i wanted to bring this up was number one it's pretty big news but number two uh, it's a really funny thing because this is like a, a little foible in the shipping world right mm. in the shipping sphere but uh, i know personally I know people that i've met in china that work in the the shipping yards they'll yeah. like manage them and they get kickbacks from the government when they basically divert products, sure, right? Because sure. it's all insured and stuff. So mm. this ship's bound, container ship's bound for America. We can take 30% of the stock and resell it within China. So sure. it's kind of hypocritical, but very much so. that's life. That's FedEx. We've had, let's just talk about a little bit about um, getting stuff delivered to us in okay. China. You know, conquering Southern China when we filmed that uh, document, our first documentary, we wanted to up our game. So we ordered this like GoPro pole. Oh, the okay. pole store. Now, I don't know if you, if any of you guys have seen it. There's a shot where the, the camera kind of goes around our helmets. Mm. We were very proud of that. Mm. We thought that was super awesome. Mm. I think it still looks mm. good today. Um, but in order to get that, we had to order a special kind of a weighted pole. Which attaches to the top of your helmet and spins Just around like a helicopter. When you're Mark oh, I kept whacking him with a weight, and he was like, he got so annoyed. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry, Mark. You know, sorry, it just couldn't happen. Right. It was hot. We were all pissed off at that point. Anyway, the thing is, this pole was very integral, so we ordered it months before. Yeah. 
Three months, I think. Yeah, three months before. Anyway, it got stuck in customs and they wouldn't release it. Okay. A poll. Uh, yeah, this poll. They wouldn't let us get it. So we had to pay some massive, like, I don't know, extra customs duty to get it more than the this poll a, was it's worth. It's a bribe. Yeah, it was a bribe. We had to pay this kind of bribe and right. then they still wouldn't release it. Nope. And we had to keep going back and forth. We actually went on the Conquering Southern China thing. That's why we only ended up using the poll in like the last episode because we had to get it shipped. It finally arrived in Beijing when we were ready all the way out there. We had to get it like shipped to a hotel that we were going to. We had to preemptively figure out what hotel yeah, we're, we're, we're going to. We're going to be going there. So we, we sent it there and we arrived. And like 5,000 miles yeah. away. Right but that's not the only thing. Uh, a couple of times I've had friends like my friend Dan trying to try to send me a, a care package from America. It got stopped. They wanted bribes. I think I've only received one of 10 things shipped to me in China. Yeah. You know? It's the, the customs system. You know people who've worked in customs. I know people that have worked in customs there. It's basically just one big. Massive scam. Scam thing. They, scam. they either steal or they get you to, you know, bribe things. But uh, yeah, that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, what I we're trying thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting too. Uh, okay, cool. So um, I believe there's another slide. Is there? I think that's for our next. No, segment. no, this is our last okay. talking. Oh, part. yes, of course. So you guys, this is a little teaser for what I'm going to talk about because uh, our favorite publication, the Global Times. Oh, yeah. Who has tried to destroy your life multiple times. Yes, they have. Um, they have been posting a lot of very edgy things in English. So this is a state-run CCP newspaper slash yeah. online article base. And uh, they have a little learn Chinese segment every time. Yeah. But they're always like so politically weighted that it's cringe. And I wanted to have this little conversation with you. Okay, okay sure. So let's, let's learn some okay. Chinese. You, are you going to be A and I'm going to be B? Sure. Okay. So that. I took my annual leave and I went to Mexico for a trip last month. I liked it there very much. I went to one restaurant that was especially interesting. They support Huawei. Huawei mobile phones? <laughs> yep. Any consumer that uses a Huawei gets a free tortilla. <laughs> well, I should go and check it out. I've been a Huawei user for a long time. You should go if you can. It was tasty and fun. <laughs> Is, is that not the most natural conversation you've ever heard in your life? First of all, if there is a place that gives a free tortilla for, you know, using a Huawei mobile phone, right. um, I'd love to visit it. Sure. That'd of be course, fantastic. Of course there isn't, though. No, no. that doesn't exist. No. And, you know, I mean, if the, if the price of your privacy is a tortilla... Yes. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone's going to No, do I mean, that. look, th this is a tough one because the whole Huawei thing is a very sensitive thing. And it's a lot, It's there's a lot of unfairness on both sides. Sure, sure. I do think Huawei makes good products. Yeah, okay? they make I, bad things. I really like their mobile phones. Right. And uh, I've made videos in the past about the quality of them. Sure. Of course, the, the mobile phones, the, the way they got the technology to make them, there's a lot of IP theft, there's a lot of stuff involved. But at the end of the day, like Huawei products themselves are actually very well made. Sure. You know? I mean, yeah. it's, it's the hypocrisy of like China banning everything from the West and then America Just, bans one thing because of actual security yeah. concerns. I mean, yeah, when it comes to that stuff and their bad business practice and their uh, protectionism and all that, I, I don't agree with it at all. Sure. But uh, I do think it's quite funny that this, the, the state is tied to Huawei. In right. And it's so apparent, yeah, right? They I keep mean, trying to distance themselves from it, but it's in the freaking article. Yeah. yeah. Right? Learn the, the fact that they're learning Chinese, <laughs> the fact that they have that Huawei, how that, that horrible song that they made, which is obviously a state-sponsored song to say how beautiful and good Huawei is and stuff. And then they're like, oh no, um, that was just made by a patriotic company or something. It's nonsense. It is. It's a big part of the country. And you yeah. cannot separate a company in China from the state no, no. because it's written into the constitution that any company that's a Chinese company must 
always put the interests of the Chinese Communist Party right, first. Right. Always. There's no escaping it. So, no, you know, no. um, as much as people want to get down on Trump and get down on America and get down on whatever and whatever, we have to acknowledge the fact that companies like Huawei are state backed. They yeah, are the, for sure. very much a part of the Chinese government and uh, they have to do what the Chinese government says. That's something people don't realize. It's not necessarily their fault. No. <laughs> the thing is, if the Chinese government says, hey, listen, um, you have to give us all of the IP addresses of every single, you know, they have to do it. You know, thing that your Huawei devices are connected to. They have to do it. They can't say, no, we're a private company. Right. They can't. But they can try. Yeah, they can try. It doesn't but it's work not like going to work. Then that's that's kind of where yeah. the argument stops, to be honest. Yeah, it's pretty much it. So, uh, that's that's kind of how it is. Sure. Anyway, um, DM, why don't you hit us with a super chat? It's a super chat time. All righty. So first of all, I just want to say that um, your imp little imposter has showed up in the comment section. Why I blocked him. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, secondly, um, I think my, you know how you've got Lao winners? Yes. Yeah, each of our like fans have different names. I think I'm going to appropriate Ocean Ghosts Ocean as, Ghost. for the like fans it. of DM. I mean, it sounds pretty cool. It reminds me of like Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. Or like, you better start believing in fairy tales. <laughs> You're in one. <laughs> Ocean Ghosts, I like that. Yeah. And the super chat, we got a pretty interesting one from... I don't even know how to pronounce that name, but he says, "What's your opinion of Lao Tzu? Have you studied any of his eighty-one teachings? Have you, or have you explored anything profoundly spiritual in China? Uh, thanks, and use this for a couple of beers." Appreciate that. Thank you very much. That was very generous of you. What about you? Well, okay. If you want to talk about things of spirituality and so on, you know, you come to the right place because my parents are all about that yeah. nonsense. Right. You know, I personally, um, I respect all different religions mm -hmm. uh, from a point of view that. I think everyone's free to practice whatever they want. I really hate religions that kind of p try to push themselves on you. Right, you know, like right. any sort of Jehovah's Witness or something that comes to your door and tries Hates to... Hate strong words. It's annoying. Yeah, yeah anno <laughs> annoyed is correct. But I, d I really do not like um, people that try to push you and say, mm. you're going to go to hell if you don't believe in us right. or something like that. But things like Buddhism and, uh, you know, Confucianism, things like that, I got no problem with because no. people are generally very very nice and happy mm. it's all about self-realization and and bettering themselves and being happy sure. or whatever and I'm, I'm very much you know um appreciative of those kind yeah. of things and i've seen a lot of it in china the buddhist stuff and the followings of Lao Tzu and stuff it's cool i mm. like it i think it's fine i don't follow it i'm not one of those guys sure. who went to china to do tai chi and learn right, kung fu right. and, but i can appreciate it for what it is I'm a, I was going to say, I'm aware of it. Um, I appreciate it in the temples, some of the little passages that I've looked at, but I haven't, I, I'd be lying if I said I was like a master of lots of teachings, you know. Uh, no. But I can appreciate it. It's very good historical value. And there's probably yeah. some, you know, spirituality is super personal, right? Absolutely. Someone can find meaning in nothing and the other person says, what is that? You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, right. I mean, I guess that's where I stand up, but I appreciate it. Super chat. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Beers will be had. Yes. Anything uh, else? Are we moving on to our next segment? I guess we can move on. Let's move on to the next segment, which is Guanxi Corner. Okay, so as usual, we're going to get DM to ask, well, read us a question from uh, a patron. Yeah, a patron who has a problem. So let's go for okay. it. All righty. So he says, Dear ADV, I'm a 56-year-old, soon to be retired. I've been married to my Chinese wife for one year, a year and a half, and she's pushing me to retire in China to her hometown of Guilin. Um, I'm not so sure about it, but she's adamant that I'll be able to teach English at her, to her friends. English training school... Oh, at her friend's English training school and settle down successfully. Any advice? 
Oh yeah. Boom, boom, boom. I, I have to start this one, you know why? Sure. Because just very recently I visited my friend in Arizona and um, we had this kind of meeting where all the foreigners who have Chinese wives and this sounds ridiculous, but this is this is a thing. There's like actual is groups. It group? Yeah, they're groups. Because you have to understand that there is a certain demographic of um, person in America. Okay, usually in their I don't know 50s somewhere around there, 50s, 60s. It's guys who've previously been married. You know, maybe they just divorced. Maybe they're uh, what do you call widowers? Okay, you know that kind of thing. And they're looking for something different, and sure. they end up marrying uh, someone from China. Uh, okay. It's it's a uh, well, I don't know why, but this is a thing. It's a big. Why, thing. why is it a group though? Because what happens is, um, when women of that age come from China to live in a different country like America, they mm. feel very lonely. Right. Okay. Right. You have to understand that China is a very sociable country. You know, you go I understand outside, what you're saying. You go outside, there are people everywhere. People are sure. always meeting up to play mahjong or to right. go to the market together. There's yeah. this thing. And they miss that. So right. what they do is they seek out other Chinese people mm. through uh, Chinese cultural centers, the Confucius Institute, right. you know, like any any sort of a thing like that. They get together churches, you yeah. know, there's a lot of Taiwanese churches and stuff, sure. you know, Asian, anything. There, there are lots of little Asian groups. Which gotcha. They meet, meet each other, they add each other to WeChat groups. And so right. what you end up getting is you get this kind of like thing where... They'll kind of go from house to house to have these dinners and parties together. I gotcha. So I was at one of those where there were about uh, five or six different couples there. Um, all very similar dem demographic, you know. Uh, some of the men were in their 40s, but usually we're talking over 50 here. And they've all got, uh, you know, Chinese wives who are of the same age, you know, in their 50s, 60s, thereabouts. And... What this guy's just asked is actually something that I was asked by multiple people at that party, multiple guys. They were like, hey, listen, my uh, Chinese wife wants us to retire in China. Gotcha. Okay. Because, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why she moved to America and married an American. But yeah. Well, okay. Whatever. The thing is, she wants to retire to China. She says it's going to be easier. It's going to be cheaper. She's got family there. You know, she's got a house. She's got a kid there, you know, um, that type of thing. Um, and this was actually the same conversation I had multiple times. Exactly the same. Okay. Exactly the same as this, right? Right. And they all say, you know, you can just come and teach English. It's really easy. And so I actually asked some of these guys. I was like, okay, well, look, you know, if you're going to teach English, you need to have a minimum of a, a minimum of a bachelor's degree. Mm. You need to have a TEFL. You mm. need to have this. None of them knew this. Right. Not one of them realized that there's actually a huge process. You can't just go to China and teach English. That's the thing. You can't. Mm. Right. There's so many things that you, if you're going to do it legally, right. so many things you have to do. But the thing is, their wives are very confident. No, that's okay. I've got a friend in the police. Right. I've got a friend in the right, right. who has a school. Like you know, just come and teach English, and we can, um, you know, retire. So, yeah, I'm going to move it over to you. What is your take on this whole thing? Well, you covered the whole. I thought it was interesting that they have these groups. You just taught me something new. Yeah. Um, I was going to say because a lot of the young Chinese people that I know, my wife, she only has friends from other countries or Americans, mm -hmm. not Chinese friends. But I, I understand what you're saying because it's. It's the older people. Well, it's kind of like we us need... Lao Wai, you know, hanging out together in well, bars. And I stuff. wanted to ask you something quick, though. Do they speak English, these women? No. That's the thing. There you go. Not one of the, the wives there spoke good English. Mm -hmm. There were one or two that spoke it okay, mm. but there were uh, at least three of them that couldn't speak any English at all. I gotcha. Mm. Um, I'm going to answer his question about the whole idea about retiring. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong if you're qualified to go and, and teach for a little while. But the, the idea of like retiring to me would be a little bit scary because number one, you don't have a pension. 
Hmm. Number two, you're going to have to put up with really bad healthcare. So if you're getting on your in your years, you're not that old. You're 57 or something, you said, yeah. right? But if you're actually going to retire and stay there long term, you have to think about things like I might have to go to the hospital at some point. I might right. need urgent care for whatever, whatever, whatever. A guy asked me the other day, uh, he has a lot of debilitating illnesses. Should he move to China and teach there? And I told him, it's not a good place to do that, right? No. So if you've got allergies. Sure. Peanut allergies, you're dead. Yeah. You yeah. know, celiac disease, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, I would say um, do it for a year. See if you like it or at least go and travel there for a little while. See if you enjoy it there, right? Make up your mind because I feel like it's a make or break thing. You spend a month there. Either you're going to be like, this is the place for me, mm -hmm. or more often than not, someone of that age will say, I can't believe that my wife comes from this place. It's crazy, and it's too culturally different than, yeah. than me, right, from, from where I'm from. So I'd say don't make a plan for retirement. Oh, let's not forget that you're not legally allowed to work in China if you're over, what is it, 65? 65, I think. It's 65. Oh, that's true. And for women, it's like 55. I can't remember. Something, there's, there's, there's an actual an age, age limit. limit. So you will not be given a visa. You will be denied a visa. Right. Um, actually, that's the advice. And that's the advice I'm going to give this guy. Um, I gave this to all the guys at that party. Most of them have been to China to visit their hometown of their wife. Yeah. Okay? okay. They've been there for like two weeks. Sure. Maybe multiple times. Okay. But it's different. And they're all like, oh, it was so great. Her family's so nice to me. And, you know, we went over there, had a great time. And it is. It's like that. It's super nice. Chinese people are very hospitable, it especially is. if awesome. you're part of the, the family. You are going to enjoy yourself, right? You're going to have a good time. But you have to be there longer than two weeks. Mm. And one of my friends, in fact, the guy who was hosting the party, he tried that. I was the best man at his wedding in China. Um, he tried to live there for six months. He lasted four months before he literally said, put me in a straitjacket and get me out of here. Okay? <laughs> literally. Yeah. You know? You got to be pretty young and open-minded. As a young man, it's easy to handle the chaos because China, it's fun. The, the noise never stops. Right. Okay? Noise, construction, the people, the chaos, the traffic, the smells, this, you know, it doesn't ever slow down. And right. I think that's something people don't realize. Even if you live out in the countryside, you know, sure. you're waking up with animal sounds and tractors and other weird stuff, and, right. you know, spitting and things like that. It's crazy. And you don't actually escape it in your own house. Right. You know, right. The right. concrete walls, all the sound travels through. It's, it's different. So what I, my advice to them was is go there for two months. Okay, if you still got your job, take leave, do whatever you have to do. Go there for two months. If you can survive two months, you're probably okay. Mm. You know, if you love it, continue to stay there. But don't for one minute think that it's going to be okay. All right, let's just try it. Let's just go. Give it a test first. Mm. Good. Sound mm. advice. I agree. Cool. Uh, DM, hit us with a, a chat. Super chat. All righty. So this gentleman said... Uh, Hey guys, because of your inspiration, I traveled and met my wife in Thailand. You also inspired me to start the process of moving to Thailand in three years. Thank you. Okay. No, thank that's, you. That's, thank you very much. That's really cool, actually. That, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. It's more of a statement than a question. Though. Have a, That's okay. Have a good time. Yeah, have a great. Thailand's great. It's good fun. I do have a, another question I can hit you with. Okay, cool. Um, one of our fellows, Donghua Reviews again, okay. hitting us with the really good questions. Okay. He said, what do you think of uh, the recent comments that Twitter and YouTube censoring certain creators mm. is creating a Western proto-social credit system? 
Yeah, that's fairly interesting. I guess yeah. unlike the Chinese social credit system, which is government run, it's it would be a corporate social credit system in a yeah. way, kind of censoring opinions that they're scared of. I'd say it's more money driven than anything because they're afraid yeah. of advertisers. That's that's what it is, yeah. And things like that. I disagree with it wholeheartedly. Me I think too. that's absolute garbage. I mean, we get hit by it all the time. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my videos get demonetized because yeah. the you know they get, they get all of my videos and your videos get flagged and reported by the Chinese nationalist uh, Fifty Cent Army. Right. And they do it just. Out. Yeah, they do it just because it's a matter of course, whether they've watched the video or not. Oh, there's a new video. Let's go flag it as inappropriate. Right. And sometimes YouTube, be, rather than like look through it, they'll be like, okay, just to be, be yeah, safe. Yeah, we don't want to make anyone upset. Yeah, yeah. So then anyway, the thing is, it is what it is. It's part of uh, what we do. So we just mm. continue with it. We're not going to change. No, no. If that's not, your question. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Thank cool. you. All right. So cool. we, we're going to move on uh, to yeah, our next segment. Next segment. Okay. Which is a world view. So what's kind of going on? World, world view, yeah. So outside of the China Sinosphere, this is going to be an interesting one. Can you hit us up with that next picture, please, DM? Okay. Nope. Yeah. Next one, and it is. There we are. Okay. Okay. This is grim. Yeah, it's awful. Okay, so there was a shooting recently. Can people stop shooting each other? For God's sakes, stop. Yeah. yeah. Stop. Yeah. No, I I can't stand it at all. Um, we get a lot of people uh, from China specifically incredibly scared of America mm. because they think that everyone's running around shooting each other. My parents-in-law are constantly worried and phoning my wife to say, hey, you know, better watch out. Don't go outside. Someone's going to shoot you, you know. China actually just put out a statement saying don't travel to America. It's evil and there's too many shootings. Mm. Like a travel warning. Yeah. Okay. Now, how do we tie this back? <laughs> all right. We, we can't discount that this these tragic, horrible things. No happen you know the country i come from is far worse sure the shootings and the killings which it baffles me never make the news no okay but that's because the south african government is basically a, a socialist communist government mm. at the moment the ANC, and uh it's in their best interest to not report the terrible things that they are doing to their own citizens so you're saying it's a symptom of, of uh, what's it called, socialism and communism, that they're blocking news. Yes, they gotcha. block this kind of news. Now, the reason why America, you see this kind of news everywhere is because it's a very transparent mm. uh, society here. Sure. And of course, bad news sells better than good news. Of course. Because you could say, oh, we had a bumper crop in corn or something. That's not going to be on the front page. <laughs> you know, but, Young boy returns dollar bill. Yeah, but you know, uh, a terrible shooting like this of course. Uh, is going to make the news. As it should. Uh, absolutely. So this is what happens is it's very useful. These kind of articles are very useful for a government such as the Chinese government right. or even the South African government. Mm. Do you have any idea how many times they try to make people feel better in South Africa by saying, oh, there's school shootings in America and stuff. Meanwhile, you know, people are dying outside your front door. You sure. just don't know about it. Anyway, so the thing is, it's used as a tool to basically make everyone think that where they are is better. Right. Okay. And the way they do that is all the atrocities and all the bad things that happen locally never get reported. Right. Okay. And right. I've said this a ton of times. Imagine you live in a neighborhood and just around the corner, someone is murdered and raped. Right. Okay. Mm. So that happens. But you never hear about it. You just carry on your daily walk in your neighborhood. You think it's the safest place in the world. Another neighbor gets murdered and raped just around the other corner. Mm. You don't hear about it. And everyone's like... Yeah, so where do you live? I live in the safest neighborhood in the world. Mm. Meanwhile, in a place like America, you hear about downtown, someone got shot or whatever. You're like, oh downtown my God. Downtown Detroit, right? Yeah, downtown Detroit. You say, oh That's my God, favorite. I live in such a dangerous place, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If your neighbor is murdered and raped and it's on the news, you're like, holy crap, I live this in a serious... 
dangerous neighborhood, right, right? right? But because you've never heard about these things, you think you're in the safest place in the world. And that's what happens in China. Mm. Because I personally have seen someone stabbed in China, okay, in Dongmen, in Shenzhen, we at an ATM. We don't even have to get in, in mean, how many people we've seen die in China. Yeah, uh, on the roads. Right. This kind of stuff never makes the news because, well, it's going to make people feel unsafe. It's right. going to break social harmony. Right. So... These, these terrible things that happen just aren't talked about. So it gives people a false sense of security. Right, right. Okay. And that's why I wanted to bring this up is that a transparent news, mm. you know, transparent media and stuff actually gives the impression that a place is a lot more dangerous. For than sure. I mean, just in the last year, five children in the, in the park that my daughter plays, played at in Huizhou, yeah. uh, five kids were kidnapped, right? Yes. Not in the news. Of course no, not, right? No, no. You even got trash for talking about child kidnapping, which yeah. is ridiculous. Trying to prevent yeah. it and like, I actually help stopped, people. I actually stopped a child trafficking gang on the metro right. in Shenzhen. Right, but and people no still give me crap. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, hospital yeah. dude murdered a ton of nurses with like a machete, blood everywhere. It was crazy. You'd think something like that would be headline news, right? Yeah. Absolutely no murders reported this year. That was just around the corner from our old office. Right next to our office. Yeah, yeah. We saw the blood and stuff, and that's why we were like, what the hell happened? And then Um, we had to get WeChat videos sent to us, which all got blocked. My, my, my wife is a doctor, by the way, and so she gets all these messages because there is a problem with doctors being murdered in yeah, China. Yeah, it's a big, big um, Because what happens is uh, disgruntled patients, right. uh, they'll send a family member in and the family member dies, yeah. okay, because of complications or whatever. They'll blame the doctor rather than the fact that, you know, people actually die when they're sick. <laughs> so they'll actually right. go and take revenge on the doctors right. and they will kill doctors and nurses. And it's pretty bad. And because she's part of this like WeChat group, she's showing me these horrendous things because the doctors all share it around. Right. Like this doctor, this dentist or whatever, got his face beaten in with a hammer mm. by a disgruntled person. And they show the pictures. I'm like, that's bloody gross. What are you doing? That never makes the news. No. And I think there's actually a cultural reason why that happens. And mm. that's because Chinese people feel hopeless because there's no one to blame in that situation. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's no knowledge of like when you get a disease, you're you know you're you're gonna die. Sure. Basically, it's like everything can be cured with some sort of thing, and if the doctor screwed it up and didn't give them the right herb, then it's their fault, right? Yeah. And it and there's also a very sick society of having to bribe doctors to do a lot of yes, things. So yes. there's already a level of distrust from the get go. Yeah. No. That know? that that does actually add a lot to it. Is if you want to get better care in China. Yeah. You bribe. And, you know, the problem is even when my wife went in for her surgery because she had some surgery a while back, um, you know, her family prepared a, a hongbao, you know, a little bribe Red to give to the doctor. Yeah. And I was like, no, why are you doing that? It's, first of all, it's illegal in China to do it. It's illegal. But I also think it's an immoral thing to do. You shouldn't have to bribe a doctor to do a better job. They should just do their job. Right. But it's become so much part of the culture that you have to do it anyway it's just kind of like a social norm so she was like no nobody thinks it's weird yeah no should do it it's my friend who's the doctor and you know just to like say thanks for helping out type thing and you know i i let i let let it go i just dropped it but the fact of the matter that that's part of the whole situation Mm. is kind of scary sure you know i agree i totally agree anyway that was uh interesting worldview yeah. And uh, I guess it's time to open it up to the Q&A. Yes, absolutely. I'd like to point out, though, before we start a Q&A, that we don't only answer questions yeah, from we, Super Chats. Sure. We're going to take a couple of non-Super Chats. And don't forget Instagram. Yeah. Uh, this this channel, the ADV Podcast, has its own Instagram. There are polls, polls up there, and, and so go check it out. It's uh, called ADV Podcast. Easy so, to find. So, at ADV yeah. Podcast. Anyway, DM, let's uh, open it up some questions. All right. So, first and foremost, I'll bring it from Instagram. 
They asked, uh, what are your thoughts on the dire housing situation in Vancouver, a.k.a. Honkoover? <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. I mean, the, we call them Fuoradais. Fuoradais means second generation rich, but it could also be, um, you know, their parents as well. Corrupt officials, people with lots of money in China, they want to get out. They invest in property. And one of the easiest markets for them was in Vancouver. Yeah. Super lax, bought up tons of properties and is driving up the cost like crazy for local people. Yeah, yeah. Even local Chinese people get pissed off. Well, I mean, we also have to acknowledge the fact that when uh, Hong Kong was handed back to uh, China in 1997, um, and I, th I knew a lot of Hong Kong people, they fled to places like Canada because Hong Kong residents have that sort of British passport. Yeah, you know, like they a, did, yeah. Yeah, and so that allowed them very easily to get into places like Canada. And so a lot of Hong Kong people moved all their, their wealth and themselves and their families over sure. to Canada. So that also definitely had a huge impact. Right. But these days, you're right. It's a lot wealth. of the, the new wealth and the uh, corrupt officials or, you know, just rich people in general, they don't trust the local housing market in China. It's mm. not a good place to invest your money because at the end of the day, you have no control over it. Yeah, you don't own the yeah. property. That's why they buy a property in New Zealand and you know in America and wherever they can really as long yeah. as it's not in China so that definitely is not good for the local people mm. it's kind of not fair for yeah. the local people but at the same time what would you do if you had a lot of money I was gonna a, say I'm not you know, blaming them. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things what I don't like is the fact that they buy places and leave them empty yeah yeah. And that's something that happens in China all the time. Mm. It's speculation. They buy five apartments and leave them empty because they just want to sell it on. They're not actually going to do anything with no. it. That's what ghost towns are. Yeah. And so they're doing the same thing in places like Canada. And then like they'll get a complaint that, oh, your lawn is messy. Then they just pave it over, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing. And they just leave the, these things derelict. Right. Uh, I do think that there has to be some kind of a crackdown on that sort of thing. Like, hey, look, you've had this house open it's driving up the property market no one's lived in it for 10 years it's about time sure. you know we do something about it's that it's tough though i mean I, yeah you give the government too much control over stuff like that it's a slippery slope <laughs> yeah so yeah. i mean i guess anyway. yeah. what else can we say you know yeah. i was just gonna uh chime in that i used to live near el paso texas mm -hmm. and in a kind of similar note because people if you don't know el paso is basically connected onto Juarez, mexico uh ciudad Juarez, and people are always sketched out because that's supposedly like the most dangerous city in mexico um, but strangely enough, El Paso itself is actually one of the safest cities in the country wow. because a lot of the, uh, like crime Lords or whatever will buy They'll have all of their operations in Juarez in Mexico, but they'll own a house in El Paso <laughs> and they just like, that's where they have their wife and family. And they basically all agree not to do any like gang killings or anything <laughs> over on that side of the border. So in a way it's like weirdly beneficial, but, uh, yeah, I, I would imagine it's uh, they probably aren't there a lot either. Sure. Or they, I'm sure they have multiple properties as well. Right. Thank you. Um, next, next, question. yeah, next question. Um, this was addressed to to you, Lawai, but I think I can answer it for you. They said, "Why don't you come on Steam more often?" He's a father. He has two kids. Thank you very much. Can't be playing computer games. Yeah, I don't need to say anything about that. I appreciate it. <laughs> the next one, they asked, "Do you think the quality of Chinese products is getting better?" I remember in the 70s, Japanese products were thought of as very cheap. What do you think? Um, I'm going to say yes and no. Okay. Because you do get good quality uh, Chinese products, but that is normally a company like Apple. Mm. It's, not a, it's not a Chinese no, product, no, but they're made, made in China. China. Um, it basically boils down to whether or not they can take a shortcut. Sure. Because the difference, if you look at 
Japan, the products that are made in Japan, there's a, a lot of pride mm. that goes behind it. Um, the, the whole idea is that they want to do the best that they can. Mm -hmm. um, there's a funny saying that I heard in China a long time ago. It says that uh, Japanese people will spend their whole lives trying to find the way to do something, whereas Chinese people spend their whole lives trying to find a way to do something, right. which really does translate well sure. into the cultural differences. You know, the companies that come out with these fantastic products like mm. TCL, um, which it's okay, it's not great, but you know, TCL, Huawei, all of this, they have such strict control sure. and quality control, right? But if you took that away, it would just degrade back into poor quality products again. Right. And anyone who's dealt with China making products, myself included, will know that as soon as a shortcut can be taken, it will be taken because mm -hmm. there's, there's this horrible culture of take now and not worry about the future. Mm. Um, and it's happened to me multiple times, so much so that I just refuse to deal with Chinese factories. Sure. I mean, we've done it multiple times. We've seen the shortcuts factories take when we wanted OEM bikes for our motorcycle yeah. shop. Yeah. Completely cut corners whenever they can, open up a rogue factory that competes against itself. You know, sure, sure. Vivi was working for seven years in manufacturing. She said they will absolutely take shortcuts. And the, the products you get from China are not the products that they get domestically. Yes. They're much worse at home. Yeah, they are. We're, Japan's actually the other way around. Yeah, the they better products. The yeah. uh, it's just one of those, I'll give you a very brief example here. Um, I had a, a product, I'm not going to go into it, I don't want to you know, get into it too much, but uh, a product where um, basically we got it developed, we got it made, I went to the factories, I went to make sure, this is for uh, you know, some subscribers of mine who actually, you know, we did this thing. I went and I inspected everything, everything looked great, everything right. was perfect, everything was ready to be shipped. And then they shipped the first bunch, and it was pretty okay. And then the second bunch, always like the that. batteries that were inside, they changed them out for like secondhand degraded batteries. The plastics they used were yeah. different. Everything just went to shit, basically. Right. And uh, that's kind of par for the course. Yeah. So I think, you know, unless this shortcut culture ever stops, it's just going to be a yo-yo kind of a thing going on. I'll finish by saying I think that Chinese products are much higher quality than they used to be. Absolutely. That's what I'll say. Absolutely. Anyway, yeah. next. Yeah. All right. This one helps. Uh, well, it's a genuine question and also helps a little, a little bit as a plug for us. They said, where's the no nonsense and evil uncle merch? Where can they find our merch, guys? <laughs> we actually got a beautiful merch coming out. Oh, yeah. I think the next podcast will actually push it. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll have you it. guys stick, stay tuned for that. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Can't wait for you guys to see this. It's literally the best thing we've ever made. It looks so good. Right. So stay tuned for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Next one. Let's see. What do we got here? Uh, what is the best way for someone without a lot of money to start traveling and exploring the world? Okay, good um, question. It depends on where you're going. Yeah. Right? I would recommend certain countries. Um, the problem with Asian countries, the cheap ones like Vietnam, it's mm -hmm. expensive to get there, right? I did Europe super cheap when I was poor, like mm. in college. And okay. what I did was I got a Eurail pass so I could hop on the train anywhere throughout Europe. Mm -hmm. And I lived out of supermarkets and cheap restaurants and stayed at hostels. And that's pretty much the best way to do it because plane tickets to London or Germany are super cheap. Right? Yeah. Um, I would say choose your location correctly. Use sites like Kayak and make sure you shop around for plane tickets. That's going to be your biggest cost. Sure. Uh, look, there are different ways of doing it. I've seen a lot of backpackers and stuff who make mm -hmm. it through these countries on a shoestring budget. Yeah. Um, it's totally doable. Places like Thailand, Vietnam, cheap. if you're going to go to Asia, perfect because you know they've got tons of hostels they're used to backpackers there so you can go stay in a, a slum backpacking place for nothing right. you can rent scooters usually for nothing like super cheap bucks, to get around yeah really really super cheap there's lots of 
and the thing is you meet like-minded people there yeah. so you know you go and you meet people there and then you figure out how you can move on next and usually there'll be a bunch of guys and they all want to go see an island or something so then you all like club together and put some money together to go there you can do it all on a very small budget but honestly um my advice would be to just go mm. you know just you, do it just just freaking do it you know that's yeah. You know, you can sit there thinking about budget, thinking about this or that, and the next thing you can sit You'll there. You'll figure it out. Just go there and figure it out as you go along. Play yeah. it by ear, and that's part of that's the That's how adventure. you have adventures. That's yeah. how you meet people and go to their homes for dinner and things yeah. like that. You, know? you never know what could happen, you, you know? know? So, yeah, just, just go out You'll there. You'll get lost. Yeah. I will say, on the other hand, I used to, in my hometown, there was this guy who, I went to high school with him. He's like super hipster. He's kind of one of the proto-hipsters, you know? And he would always, he worked at like this coffee shop, but he would always just, every time I saw him be like, oh man, I just got back from Afghanistan. Oh, I was in India. You've just got to go, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, not all of us have a trust fund. We can't just right, like, right. I've got to work. I've got a job. For sure. So it I think, I, yeah, I, I understand the struggle, mm. um, but it is, it does definitely change your perspective and open your mind a ton. Yeah. I mean, it's not really about having a trust fund and stuff because if you're going to go travel and stuff you can't be employed at the same time you know sure if you got to make that yeah, break you right? have to make time so if you're going to go off and do backpacking it's around thailand yeah you have to stop working for a couple months yeah. at least and you have to like put yourself together and get enough money to get there and right. back buy a return ticket so you can come back try to plan ahead for it yeah but just go you right. know just go just and do go. it if you yeah. have the means yeah cool all righty next question um winston and seamilk since you lived in china uh, what's your opinion on how long until Hong Kong loses all of its liberties? I was in Hong Kong during the 2014 Yellow Umbrella Movement, and it was so depressing. I think the make-or-break moment is this extradition law right now. Mm -hmm. Once they, If they pass that, then it just becomes another Chinese city because they can send foreigners into mainland China for trials, dissidents, Chinese citizens, right? Yeah. If you allow them to just go get tried in Beijing, sent from Hong Kong, then what makes Hong Kong different? Yeah, it's going to break all the freedom of speech stuff. You know, I was there during the Umbrella Movement right. as well. I've got photographs and videos that I took there, which I've never released mm. because, you know, it's too sensitive. And I knew that if I did release them, that I would just get deported straight sure. away. Sure. Um, it was very interesting to see. I really thought it was quite spectacular. I mean, if you were there, you know what I'm talking about, how they set up like little study desks in the middle of the road and, you know, little camps and people living in tents on the main roads there and stuff. And, uh, you know, all the banners and all the freedom stuff. It was pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a memory I'll never forget. It's powerful. And I've got all the, the videos and stuff of that, which who knows down the line I might release it. But the thing is, um, Hong Kong kind of has to wake up and realize that the, the battle is lost, you know. Um, just like uh, in South Africa, you know, when the ANC took over, everybody that was against the ANC, you got to have to take, take a step back and say, well, you know what? Fair is fair. What's done is done. We're just going to have to accept what's going on or move. Sure. Make a plan. Hong Kong's supposed to have had that 47 years or whatever of, you know, right. the 50 years of not, not being interfered with. But we've seen over the last couple of years that that's just a bunch of nonsense and they are being interfered with all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah basically, you got to do this what you is not do. We support Hong Kong freedom. They have a beautiful democracy. Yeah. But when when Beijing steps in and everything's yeah. gone, then what are you fighting for? You don't have an army anymore. No, sure. The PLA lives in Hong Kong. Yeah, they do. So, so there's not much that can be done really about it. You know, you Taiwan's have to... probably going to be the final frontier. As far as that kind of stuff is yeah. concerned. So, yeah. Um, anyway, Hong Kong is still one of my most favorite places in the world. What a cool Beautiful, place. beautiful city. It has, without doubt, the best skyline, skyline of, yeah, that I've ever seen. 
over there at Queen Victoria Harbour. Um, so good. I've got a lot of fun memories of Hong Kong. Don't forget, I got married in Hong Kong. You know, I had family in Hong we Kong. We spent so much yeah. time in Hong Kong. Yeah, Hong Kong is an amazing place. We're absolutely. just there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely love Hong Kong. So I wish nothing but the best for the local Hong Kong people. Me too. And uh, I hope that the, you can deal and cope with the change, you know, yeah. just like I had to cope with the change in my country. Sure. Yeah. Good anyway. advice. All right. Next up. This is a bit of a delicate topic, but it was a $20 super chat, very generous, so I would feel remiss if I didn't at least sure. uh, put it to you guys. As two white guys being married to Chinese women, did a struggle in your mind ever occur about abandoning white slash Western women? I see Asian women as great, but I see my family marrying in their own and having kids, and I struggle. Okay, I'll answer this super honestly. Yeah. Um, I've never dated uh, Asians previously. Um, I never considered myself to, to be more attracted to them than white women. Actually, if I'm just going to be totally honest, I probably would have found white women more attractive. Just genetically, I just mm -hmm. find white yeah. women prettier. Uh, when you go to China, you adapt, right? Well, and there's no choice. There's no choice, right? But I wasn't seeking out someone based on their race. But, you know, I fell in love and I don't, I don't see that anymore. But, yeah, I would say, like, I've never abandoned the idea that white women or Asian women are more attractive. Yeah, that that is something that gets thrown our way a lot. People are saying, oh, yellow fever, you guys, no. just this and that nonsense. No. Um, it's not how it works, you know. Don't forget, 14 years I was living in China, mm. okay? And when you're surrounded by Chinese women because you're living in China, there's probably like three foreign women in the whole of China, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and they all have a big chip on their shoulders, usually the ones that end up there, um, yeah. you know? Um, and they're also there for their own little adventure and sure. stuff. So you're surrounded by, you know, Chinese women in China because there are no other women there. And you fall in love and that's how it goes. It's life. You know, if you're invested as we, we are in learning the language and the culture and everything, it's kind of natural just to fall into that. And it, yeah. like you said, it's all about who you fall in love with, sure. which you don't really have much of an option. No. <laughs> you know, when it comes to that. Yeah, sure. So, uh, again... I don't have a preference either between yeah. white women or Asian women or, you know, African women or, you know, Indian women or whatever you want. Alien it's women. whoever you fall in love with and that's kind of where it goes. And so that's why we ended up... It sounds cheesy, but it's so true. And the thing is, you can't ever for a minute start to doubt your choices and say like, oh, I should have chosen someone from my race no, or no, something. No, that's no, a bunch no, of nonsense. No, 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 you know, when you make a decision that you want to have a family and you want to marry someone, you're marrying someone because you love them, not, because, not because you have a fetish or yeah, because yeah. of some weird other reason. You that stuff goes out yeah, the window. Exactly. You marry someone because you love that person, that individual. Sure. You know, that's how it should be. Agreed. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Next. Yeah. All right. Next up. Uh, so, Seamilk, you were just recently on Chinese national TV, right? Yes. So this person asks, how would you guys feel about getting on national TV slash news in America? Well, I mean, it depends on how they cover it. I, I think any exposure is good, except when all of your students that previously loved you are now texting you saying that you're a garbage person because they're hero on TV to spit on you. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Um, it depends on how it's covered. At the same time, I think, you know, if they wanted to bring us on, we'd, we're always open. Right? Absolutely. We'd be, yeah. we'd be honored. Yeah, I think so. It's like you said, it's good to have that kind of coverage. Um, it does suck to be, you know, dragged through the mud in Chinese media. It's happened to me through newspapers mm. and magazine articles that happened to you on TV recently. But uh, you just have to you have to understand why it's happening and you have to look at it and see what's going on. And it's very understandable, especially in today's political climate. And it's they good need punching bags. Yeah, they need punching bags. And, you know, we're very convenient punching bags. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we're yeah. realistic. <laughs> yeah, because we just don't 
Lie. <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah, next. I think uh, getting spit on by Stephen Colbert would almost be a badge of honor at this point, right? Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, next one. Winston, hmm. now that you're a fellow American, how do you feel about American beer and America as a whole? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not a fellow American. I wish I was. I love it's America. It's nice that people say yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I appreciate that. And uh, I, I'm not living here as a foreigner, you know. Mm. I'm, I'm now in America, and I'm working with Sea Milk, and we're continuing with what we're doing. And I love it. I think it's amazing. Um, American beer is very disappointing to me. Um, I love Mexican beer. Interesting. Which, you know, some people would say that is American beer because they keep saying, don't call it America. America's a continent. Yeah, 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 blah, yeah. blah, blah. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of IPA. Uh, I got to say, you know, I don't like British beer that much. And IPA is a British beer. Just for all you Americans out there, you didn't invent it, just so you know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, IPA seems to be the thing in America. Mm. For me, it's just a bit too hoppy and bitter, um, but I can handle it. I do love the selection of beer. The fact that mm. you can get international beer everywhere in America. I love the choice. That's one thing that has blown me away about America is the amount of choice in any supermarket or any gas station or anything like that. See, I mean, now I'm even calling it a gas station. Petrol station. You. Okay. Friday. Yeah. Well, I still call the back of my car a boot and the front a Trump bonnet. Yeah, I did. That was, uh, yeah, I was just talking about an elephant. Anyway, the <laughs> um, thing is, like, quite honestly, the choice is amazing. And uh-huh. uh, I think honestly america is is without a doubt the best country i've ever lived in uh, for various reasons which i'm not going to wax lyrical about right now but at the same time i'm a realist and i see all the problems and you and i are going to cover especially the uh the big problem with all the fentanyl and the drugs and stuff that we see around us it's it's actually quite disturbing and Mm. it's 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 pretty crappy, but we'll get to it. Mm. We'll get to welcome, it. Welcome, welcome to the US, buddy. Thanks, man. Uh, we've we've come far, and we're gonna keep going. And I, American IPA is the best beer in the world. So anyway, yeah. next. Next up, we got a twenty dollars super chat donation from Mark Owen. He didn't ask a question or anything. He just straight up gave us twenty bucks. So Mark, thank you very man, much. Dog. Next up, any tips for fitting into a, a Chinese workplace? I will be interning for eight weeks in a cultural district's office. The rest of the workers are quite young, and I'm not quite sure what to expect. Okay, so you said he's interning at a Chinese workplace? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Any tips? Oh, yeah. I, I had a friend do that. You go first. Okay. First of all, stay out of politics. Yeah. Um, you know, especially the kind of things we've just been talking about and stuff. Um, remember that Chinese people, at least our experiences with Chinese people in general, have been incredibly positive, you mm-hmm. know? Really, really cool You're people. you have a great time. Yeah. They're very hospitable, especially in a workplace kind of a thing. They will want to introduce you to awesome Chinese food right. to Chinese culture and to, you know, just the way things are done. I think you're going to have a fantastic time. Mm. Just stay away from politics. You will always get those one or two Rockies who are like, hey, yeah. you know, uh, what do you think about this? What do you think about right. that trade war? This trade Try war? Just, just, fight. just be like, I don't care about that stuff, right. you right. know, and carry on. Um, show interest in, in Chinese language and culture. Yeah. It'll, it'll get you really far. Big time, big yeah. time. My buddy was an intern. He was mm-hmm. an engineer. Okay. Um, paid quite well. Yeah. And he was having a great time. He loved his life, but he hated work because the code monkeys basically around mm-hmm. him, they would do everything they were told and only that. Right. Whereas he, he was set over there from the American company to push innovation and try to improve things, improve right, the right, code right. and do this. And he said it was a, it was like pulling teeth because he had no respect because he's not a boss. He's an intern. Yeah, sure. But at the same time, he's trying to give advice and be like, it's better if we do it this way. And they were totally not receptive. So sure. he dreaded going to work and he loved living in China. It was yeah. weird. It was yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, keep an open mind. Yeah, I just want to add to that. You know, um, 
for a period I was doing a job which for a company um, which had me going to various different offices I was doing business business English training right um, and this was before I started the whole doctor training thing sure and yes I did train doctors it doesn't matter what you guys say I did actually train them I worked for a medical training company training them even if it was training them in medical terminology and English and cultural things it's still called training okay <laughs> okay anyway so sorry calm down okay <laughs> anyway just kidding um before I did the doctor training thing, I was going to different corporations and businesses, uh, actual software programming houses, uh, Tencent, various mm. different places, kind of just doing business English training and stuff. And always a part of that would be, and it would be either during the course, near the end of the course, or just, I would always get invited out by the whole group. And yeah. we'd go out for karaoke, yeah. we'd go out for hot pot. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun. It is. Um, Great I've work culture so, outside of work. Yeah, some of my favorite memories are from these kind of things that we all did together. And there is a big team kind of spirit in these places which right. goes on. It's awesome, you know. Right, I anyway, agree. So I totally agree. You're, you're going to have a lot of fun. Sure. Uh, I did train doctors. <laughs> DM, we only have time for a couple more. So uh, Yeah, and make sure you're asking some non-super chat questions. Oh, uh, yeah, I have been. Oh, okay. I'm, not, I, I, I'm watching out for you guys. We right. can't see you. <laughs> so um, next up, George, hitting it with that $20 donation. Thank you, George. He uh, says, looks like China will be so soon be replaced by India as the world's manufacturer. Do you think this will spark a second great leap forward? The CCP looks like they're going full communist and the West is ignoring it again. Yeah, that's a very loaded question. Uh, it's difficult to answer. Well, I can I can at least touch on it. Like, mm. India will pick up a ton of slack from the manufacturing industry. Mm. We're already seeing it happen in Vietnam. We just got back sure. from there. Mm. Tons. Remember the industrial parks we were going through? Not, They're disgusting, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Those polluted crap. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there are so many international companies moving to Vietnam. You know, it's very weird is a lot of Chinese companies are moving there. Too. Well, they in have order, to. Yeah, in order to avoid this whole trade war nonsense right. and tariffs. It's interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, India will definitely take. You're going to see third world developing nations take over China's spot um, unless something can can happen here I'm not gonna say there's gonna be another great leap forward um, mm. definitely a closing off yeah maybe a cultural revolution of sorts in maybe, a way maybe you know, completely getting rid of every in, uh, international influence you're seeing a bunch of uh, movie companies getting banned the other day as well again so yeah, it's going to be a slow burn. I don't think it's going to you're going to see this massive uprising or something like that. Yeah, it's no. it's too difficult. You know, we're not political analysts. No, no. I can tell you that from a point of view of a foreigner living in China for so long, I can tell you that things are are definitely getting worse. Sure. Because sure. nobody really knows what's going to happen, you know. China has right. had this massive growth. It's nerve-wracking. And you know, I was there during the 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 very pinnacle pinnacle of it you know back in 2006 2007 2008 it was awesome it was, it was just an incredible place to be yeah. where the sky was the limit and everything right. was going up and this this is there's been a whole generation of people who've only ever known this growth right right, right. so now you're reaching a point where it's plateauing and sure. the growth is becoming negative and nobody knows what's going to happen no you know we're just going to have to see how people react to it because it all happened too soon you have to think about how people have reacted to other slowdowns in the economies sure. around the world and For just sure. see see how it affected people. You have to understand that China's never known this slowdown, the current China, the current no. generation of people. They don't actually understand. And the young generation is yeah. going to take it hard. Yeah. So it could lead to a lot of unrest. It could, yeah. it could lead to uh, a sad situation. But it also could lead to a little bit of maturity and people growing up and realizing that, you know, money doesn't just fall out of the sky. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. There so, is an attitude of that. Absolutely, these four dies with their like gold Lamborghinis and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 We'll yeah. just have to see how it goes. Anyway, thank you for that. Yeah. Good question. 
All right. First of all, I just want to say apologies to you guys. I can't. We can't answer every single question. I've sure. just been trying to give you the most topical and you know easiest. To, well, not easiest to answer, but the uh, cream of the crop questions. So okay. not to not to throw shade at anybody. We very much appreciate it's all of your super time. chats and all that. Correct. We're already a little over time right now. Okay. So for the final one, um, they asked just to end things on a light note: Is stand-up comedy a thing in China? And could you do your impression of a douchey Chinese man's spit? I think they're referring to the Pui. Oh, yeah, that guy. Um, yes, there is Chinese stand-up yeah. comedy, and you basically saw it in that video <laughs> where the dude spit on me. He yeah. is a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot of people. They usually cover things like really base-level stuff. So it'll be like, maybe the joke will be like, um, like the girl wants to get married, but the guy is too shy to talk to her. It's really like, like middle school-level stuff. Or it's like... Uh, shitting on other countries and like politics like trump has red hair like (laughs) look at putin he's so strong you know it's really based stuff um but there is like an underground kind of comedy scene in shanghai and beijing yeah Yeah. where young people do some cool stuff Uh, but not the stuff you see on tv and if you want me to do the impression it's um you get the get the camera on me right there (laughs) (laughs) okay cool yeah Yeah, I, i have to say that uh Chinese humor is quite different to Western humor, yeah. and we've actually made a video on ADB China sure. about that. But it's very slapstick. Yeah. yeah, it's very practical humor. It's very slapstick, and it is hilarious. It can be. It, yeah. it can be absolutely hilarious. It can also be incredibly cringy. Sure. You know? So yeah, um, comedy clubs and stuff aren't really a thing unless you're in Beijing and Shanghai. Shanghai, those two cities. And uh, things like dinner shows or whatever, they just don't happen there. Sure. Um, it's it's a completely different culture, you know. So right. it is what it is, man. Right. Yeah. There's actually two more super chests. We're going to have to rip through them, DM. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, the last, so let's see. Sean Wyland. Sean. Well, way back. We got, we got Dustin Pearson here. He said, so I've, you've been in SoCal for some time. Uh, have you met any first generation Chinese people practicing certain spirituality slash religion from China now that it can be freely practiced? Um, also buy some Hao Chi non-water buffalo beef. <laughs> oh, um, it's Dustin. I know Dustin. Yeah, he's, know. He's, he's been to pretty much meetups. all of the subscriber meetups he's that awesome. we've had. Yeah. Thanks. Um, thanks for the question, Dustin. I see a lot of uh, Chinese Christians. Um, I don't see a whole lot of Chinese religious practice. Uh, actually, yes. I, I have to say straight away that they don't, but they'll use it as a tool. Sure. Like you know sure. that group I was talking about. Right. Um, they don't believe in Christianity or anything, oh, okay. but they'll join the Taiwanese church because then right. they can meet other. Chinese speaking, speaking people, people yeah, to figure out where to go buy the the dabai tsai or whatever you right, know and right. stuff. They, but they, you know, you also have to understand that a lot of the first generation, the ones that have just come in here now, they're also very concerned that their peers might see them doing something that's banned in China sure. or something that's not cohesive to China. They do not want to be associated with that kind of thing. Right, it's very sensitive, yeah. especially recently. So any, a lot of them want to go back. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they can't really do that kind of stuff. Thank you for the question, Dustin. You're awesome. Yeah. Mm. All right, Sean Weiland asks, China continues to issue a huge amount of sovereign debt denominated in in the yuan in addition to the trade war with the USA and China's capital controls. How do you think or how do you manage currency risk of devaluation? Well, let me uh, brush off my economics textbook here. Sean. I appreciate the question, though. Um, That's going to be tough. Now, that's going to be tough. Well, the the yuan's always been manipulated, right? Um, that's not going to change. It's probably going to happen even more. Yeah. It's going to have to devalue. It's already devaluing. I have to say that I'm not qualified to comment on a financial scale like this, but just like you said, things are manipulated and the the 
country just prints money when it needs to mm-hmm. and it just says we've got this when it needs to and it changes GDP numbers when it sure. needs to and it does this and that when it needs to and and so yeah we're just gonna have to see how things fall because naturally everything has to come into order right you know and well to answer it very simply what I think very generally yeah I think you're gonna see a way more heavy-handed approach with the Chinese government in the economy where it was just opening up gonna be super heavy-handed if this helps in any way um, when I tried to change money into US dollars a while back, and this is probably what, two years ago, um, I needed to buy something and I needed to send some money overseas. I went to the bank, I took in my RMB, and I said, hey, I need to change a thousand RMB into US dollars. And they were like, sorry, foreigners can't change right. RMB into US dollars. That was immediately a sign that something's not right sure, to me. Sure. The fact that as a foreigner, I could walk in there with US dollars and they would change it into Chinese currency, but they Can't wouldn't the let me around. change Chinese currency into US dollars. That's the past few years. Yeah, it's it's been like that now for three know, years, three, four, five years, who knows? Yeah. But um, that's, that's a bit of a warning sign that there's something very wrong. They're trying to hoard the US dollars. They don't want them leaving right. China. They're not letting Chinese people, they let them, but there's a certain amount and a limit that they're allowed to change. Sure. Um, it kind of shows you something ain't right. Sure. Thank you for the question. Last one, yeah. DM. All right. Simon A. asks, do you really consider China communist? If you consider the principles of socialism and communism, the CCP is not it. More like a capitalist dictatorship. You are correct. We've spoken about this many, many, many I've got times. a video which yeah. says China's not communist. You it's can go look at it. Probably one of the least communist countries in the entire world. There's no social programs. There's socialism no collectivism. With, with no actual social programs. Yes. <laughs> so they call it socialism with Chinese characteristics. And the Chinese characteristic is to take socialism but remove all the social benefits out of it. Yeah. So yeah. that's what it is. It's a it's an authoritarian country with a heavy-handed government, basically. Yeah. A lot of crazy capitalism but a very strong government hold. Yeah, I mean, and it is a strong government hold, but when you're actually in China, it doesn't feel that way. No, unless you run a farm. Yeah, yeah, everything's kind of open. And so it does have a very free sort of, someone wants to open a shop, they do it. They do it. They don't get licenses. They don't try to do it the, the correct way. Yeah, they just you never know when they're going to get shut yeah, down. Of course. They just, but the thing is, they just it's do it. You can way. just do it. You just yeah, you want to start a sure. business, you just do it. And, right. you know, make and your money until you get keep, shut down. Keep making money. And then one day you make too much money. Someone takes notice and they're like, That's hey, how it works. where's your business license? Right. And they're like, oh, okay, well, let's start to apply. And Very. you apply and you get your business license. And then they take the cut. Very true. Well, they shut you down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are super overtime today. We are. I want to say thank you for everyone on here. Don't forget, every other week you can uh, listen to this if you wanted to listen to it on Spotify and all. It's all in the the link down below. Yeah. Yeah. Go check it out. That's pretty cool if you're into that. Yeah. You can listen to it in your car if you don't want to see our ugly mugs on TV. I don't want to see us either. (laughs) <laughs> I would prefer to listen. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys, for sure. watching. Um, and we appreciate those of you who stuck with us for so long. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do understand that some of the things we talk about these days are a little bit sensitive. And uh, sure. it does put some people in a position. Mm. I know that some of our fans have got Chinese wives and stuff who, sure. who, who are who don't kind, support of, that. <laughs> kind of mad at them for right. watching us and things. Right. So we, we feel your pain. We're not trying to be anti-China or anything like that. We're trying to help people understand China yeah. from a foreign it's perspective. It's a very confusing place. It is. And we're trying to help people understand the good and the bad. Sure. Um, and it just so happens that these days is a little bit more bad than good. Yeah. So Hopefully uh, the tide turns, guys. Yeah. Stay tuned for my video tomorrow. It's going to be a bit of a, a humdinger. Don't forget, every Monday, you can watch ADV China. Oh, every yes. Wednesday, you can watch me, Laura Six. Every Friday, you can watch him. And then every other week, you can watch this ADV podcast. Fantastic. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time.